This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance and Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, you put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. Medela, the mark of the fight. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. The year is 2023. And we're having a party, baby. everyone and welcome to Unspooled. Hey everybody, I am Paul Shear, joined as always by Amy Nicholson. That's me, hello. We normally love to talk about a classic movie on this show. We get into it, we find out what makes it tick. Is it worthy of being one of the greatest films of all time? But this week we're doing something different. Like Amy said, we are having a party. You can hear the noise here in the background. That is not computer-generated, Amy. We are literally having a party. I know people said, do not record a podcast during a party, but we can't help it. Paul, every time I record a podcast with you, it is a party, but I'm usually not holding one bottle of champagne on each hand and another bottle on my head. I'm absolutely doing this right now. Well, you know what, Amy? I thought it would be a good time at the end of the year to talk about all the films that we loved in 2023. We don't normally get a chance to talk about new films, like brand new films on this show. So what better time to talk about the year past than right now, as we get ready to look forward to a brand new year of brand new movies, and what better way to do it than the way that they did it in The Christmas Carol. We are going to be bringing on today some of our classic producers from the past, some of our classic producers from the present, And maybe at the end of the show, we will have a ghost of a producer from the future. I don't know. I haven't thought that much out. (laughs) But all I want to say is we are going to be talking about movies with people who love movies just as much as us. Oh, yeah. We got a lot of buddies here who are trying to jump on this mic and talk about the movies they loved. That's right. We're going to let them have the mic. All right, Amy. Without any further ado, let's welcome our producers of the present, Josh Richman and Jess Cisneros. Welcome to the show because you are on the show every week, but you're not on the show. I mean, you have sat through every recording. I feel like you're more versed in any unspooled film, and we know that you are film nerds, but we don't get to hear from you that much. So welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. It's nice to be able to chat sometimes. And we're, we're always here hanging out on the Zoom, but we rarely get a chance to, to actually talk to the good people out there. <laughs> I mean, I can imagine there's a lot of times 
you have to bite your tongue and not be like, you guys are so wrong. What are you not saying about this? There have been times, but not that often. I'm usually in agreement with you guys. With me in particular, right? (laughs) Of of, of course. (laughs) I will always be looking for a little emoji of Jess's thumbs up when we hit something good. I know we're on the right track. I will look at faces if we can when we're recording on Zoom. Um, But I'm actually really interested to talk to you about what we've talked about this year and what you like this year that's come out that's brand new. But before we even do that, keeping with our Christmas party vibe and our Christmas Carol-esque uh, line that we're creating here, let's also bring in a producer from the past, Devin Bryant, back to the show. Welcome, Devin. Hey! Oh, it's so good to see you guys again. Missed we you. are so excited I'm- that you're here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to see your Zoom backdrop again. I feel like yes. it, I just home. It's My such fa- a comforting blue screen. <laughs> Which is an, from um, Hackers. Self, exactly a movie reference. It's from Hackers. Exactly. Yes. And, uh, you know, the audience may not realize it, but Devin has gone on and is uh, working, uh, doing some great projects right now. Tell us what shows you're working on right now. Uh, yeah, I moved over to Smartless Media and I've been helping them launch their shows all year. So uh, I work on Bad Dates with Jamila Jamil and I also work on Just Jack and Will, the Will and Grace recap show with Sean Hayes and Eric McCormick, which is a blast. I love it. Well, we know that you are very opinionated as well. And <laughs> I am excited because you have been a little bit out of the loop about what we've covered. So we're going to go over some of the stuff we've covered. But maybe- I should also mention super quickly that uh, although he couldn't make it, our uh, our engineer who's edited every single episode this year, Casey Holford, he's on, he's on East Coast time. Okay. So he couldn't be on the call with us right now. But I'm going to probably read a couple of thoughts about some of the movies of the year from him later as well. In a French accent is what I heard. French right. accent? Yeah, see, we. <laughs> good. That was already good. Working. It's already working. Um, let's get into it with movies that you really love this year. I was putting together my little letterbox list, and I realized that every big movie is being dumped in the last couple of weeks of the year. So I don't feel like I'm completely up to date on everything that people will be talking about, but I was looking back at the year and thinking, well, not that much came out. There hasn't been like that much great film in the last year. I think there's Barbie and Oppenheimer, of course, but nothing that was like jumping out at me. I have a couple things that I want to talk about that I really like, but I wanted to throw to all of you, like what were things that you liked? And and maybe it's going back a little bit. We don't have to be like right up to date with all the potential award ones. You know, I don't want you to feel that pressure. <clears throat> Can I crack my knuckles and be like, I'm up to date with those, man. We well, I knew it. Vote. I, <laughs> I have covered this. <laughs> I saw what was going on with that, Amy, because you, uh, people who don't know, like you are part of the LA Film Critics Society and you voted on, you basically, you start the race. Right. It's like this is yeah. where it begins. New York gets us a little bit ahead, but then we like correct what they do. We're like, yeah, they're off. Let us fix it a bit. And what I love about the the way that the L.A. film critics um, act, it's, it's very much like the um, like the nominating of a new pope, because as a new category <laughs> is announced, it's like put out as like a, a, a press break. It's not like it, we don't get them all at once. It's like one at a time. And I feel like there are a bunch of film critics in a room arguing over what is good and what is bad. And I love that idea. Your mental and- picture is exactly right. It was like <laughs> seven and a half hours in a room this year wow. uh, of critics arguing uh, after every category is announced. The president usually says, reminds everyone again, don't tweet. Let us be the first tweet. Let us be the first tweet. When he, There was a piano this year in the room, so he hit a chord 
when it was safe for people to like chime in and say what it was. Wow. No, it's great. We sort of love how people get um, annoyed at us. There's an Oscar blogger in particular who every time we take a break for lunch is just raging about it. How dare they take a break? Seven and a half hours. Well, for those of you who did not uh, follow up on it, can you tell us what you picked or communally picked as the best film of the year? Yeah. I mean, what I picked and what we communally picked doesn't really overlap, as has okay. been the case for me and Lafka pretty much all the time. I really was like stamping my foot down in my own private little way for Saltburn over and over again for a lot of stuff that I felt like didn't get recognized and I really wanted it to. You know, Saltburn is the new movie from Emerald Fennel, and it's like erotic and weird and twisty and all about class. And I think Rosamund Pike gives the best supporting performance of the year. She's hilarious. She's funny. She's playing this like wealthy scion, dowageress, rich woman wandering around this gigantic estate. And everything she says is so fatuous that she's just hysterical. She's absolutely just a riot. And I really, if you have not seen Saltburn yet, oh, you're in for a treat just every time she shows up. You've been like an Emerald Fennel booster. I remember we, you were so into, you were telling me about Promising Young Woman like months and months before it before came it out. Before it came out. So excited yeah. I remember that too. Yeah. We actually have that interview on Unspooled. You can listen to Amy's interview with uh, with Emerald Fennel uh, for that movie. That, it's a great interview. Yeah, I mean, she's just wonderful. Like I think kind of the beat on a lot of her movies like this and, and Promising Young Woman is like, she talks about horrible things that are happening in culture. You know, like, abuse and class inequality and then people are like frustrated that she doesn't solve them at the end but i like that she never solves problems she's just like this is how terrible it is i'm not gonna lie to you and say that there is a solution like honestly like here's a way of going about creating justice in the world might not work out but let's go on this ride let's explore it like i think she's having fun in a way that like old school sit like satirical filmmakers like um like the magic christian used to do and stuff like nice. that or like louis bunuel she's just like having such fun showing you everything that's terrible and i'm into that because i don't believe a lot of stuff can be solved so it suits me just fine <laughs> i just want to call out a movie that i believe i talked about on this show but i will say it again because you mentioned rosamund pike i still love that movie that she did um a couple of years ago called i care a lot it was like a netflix movie about a woman who like scams old people's um insurance money it's a dark, weird movie that I feel like some people hated because it had no lightness to it. There was, mm. again, a no real comeuppance of an awful character. Um, but I loved it. It's great. And I'm I'm a fan of her, and I've grown to be a fan of her more and more as time has gone on. But what won, Amy? Uh, we had a couple winners that just really kept popping up over and over again. Uh, one of them is Poor Things, which is, I cannot wait for people to see it. It's the new movie, of course, by Yorgos Lanthimos with Emma I was Emma just about Stone. to ask you about this, too, I because th- this wait. is one of the other, one of the other uh, directors we've, I think we've shared as one as being huge fans of, is all of Yorgos' stuff. I am a huge stuff. fan of him. Uh, yeah. oh. and, I just, and I just saw Poor Things last weekend, and I was, uh, I was, oh, I was ha- really blown away. You saw it, too? Oh, God, yeah. I haven't seen it yet. It's uh, so fun. Too. I don't want to spoil too much about it for people who haven't seen it yet, and I do feel like when we do an Oscar show later, we will be talking about it. But just to try to sell it on people, our vice president of LAFCA, the wonderful Katie Walsh, started nicknaming it um, Horny Barbie. And I feel <laughs> <Wow>. like Horny <laughs> Barbie really works. Horny Barbie meets Frankenstein. Horny Barbie meets Frankenstein is a great movie. I'll just pitch that now. Sign me up. That sounds like a movie I would like to see. <laughs> Horny Barbie is, is almost an understatement. It's, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> and by the way, if you, you know, if you're not familiar with Yorgos, uh, well, we talked about him on the show when we talked about Dogtooth, but also made The Favorite, The Lobster, and Killing of the Sacred Deer. I will say I knew nothing about Killing of a Sacred Deer. I saw it in Toronto 
uh, on the night of its premiere. And to be in a theater packed like that with everyone not knowing what to expect was truly in my like top five best movie theater experiences ever because he creates this like thriller atmosphere, like this repulsion. This like it, it, it's every emotion. It's I love seeing his films in a theater. They are meant to be seen with a lot of people, in my opinion. Oh, I think we might have been at the same screening, but we didn't know each other that well. Oh yeah, right. Because that's like 2017. <gasps> oh, it's like yeah. crossing paths. Wow. Oh, way back in the day. Um, our other big winner, and I'll just sort of tease this too because it's coming out right now. Um. Because Lafka, we're sort of known for really promoting international cinema, for promoting kind of like underdog things. Like we kind of, I think our wedge is not so much being like, hey, go see the new Scorsese. But like, have you seen this amazing movie from Mexico? Have you Mm -hmm. seen like this amazing movie from like Wales? And so this year, one of the movies we were really, really, really pushing is uh, Jonathan Glazer's The Zone of Interest, which I think is definitely going to stick with people when they see it. Like this is a movie that everybody was like, you have to see this large. You have to see it big because the sound and the music. I'm, I'm saying this down to like our podcast guys and I'm watching Devin get goosebumps. <laughs> like the sound and the music is amazing. It's all about sound and music. In one sentence, the story of it is basically you're at the home of a uh, commander of Auschwitz who lives like on the other side of the wall from the camp. And you spend all of your time on the side of the wall with like his wife making cookies, pouring schnapps, getting the kids to school. And like just having the normal frets about, is everybody in our family happy? How are we all doing? Does my mother like my garden? And then over the wall, you hear things that she just ignores. And so it is super chilling. And the German actress, Sandra Hewler is the star of it. She's kind of everybody's like favorite international actress darling right now. She's in two big movies this year. She'll probably get a nomination for one of them. And yeah. Yeah, so that was like our other major flag carrier. The, uh, probably my favorite score of the last 10 years was uh, Miko Levy's score for Under the Skin, which is oh, yeah. so <sighs> skin crawling. So you telling me this is a movie all about score, I'm I, I'm ready. Well, and not just the score in Under the Skin, the sound design. Yeah, everything too. About the sound design, design is so next level in that movie. Oh, that movie well, you go. truly, truly uh, like affected me. It's, there's a handful of movies that like, you can think back on that really just affects you in a way. And, and, and under the skin is that for me, I also love yeah. sexy beast and he sexy was beast one of so good, <laughs> so good. And one of the, uh, one of the first DVDs I bought was, uh, a Jonathan Glazer collection of music videos. They had like one for Spike Oh, the Jones, director series? The director series. And they yeah. were just great. Like he made amazing music videos that are weird and mm-hmm. just, yeah, really interesting stuff. Uh, yeah. But so that's, I'm excited about that. Josh, you feel like you and Amy have been able to go see and do more than than me. Uh, so what are, what are you liking? What did you see this year that you want to call attention to? I mean, th- the interesting thing is my read on 2023 is that this, is, this has been a year where if you just look at like the blockbusters, like the big hyped movies, like outside of Barbie and Oppenheimer, which was this just like crazy cultural event, like they were almost all kind of flops and failures. It felt like just mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of like the big franchises kind of falling apart and disappointing. But then when you look below that level, it almost it almost seems like a better movie of the year than usual. There have been so many things that I either got to see and loved, or was have been really hyped to see that I'm waiting to catch up with over the holidays. I know we're going to do a big, a much bigger like 2023 breakdown when it gets closer to the Oscars. But uh, I, I have been thinking about it. I think I think my top two of this year 
are probably on totally opposite poles. Uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse mm. and uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Spider-Man. Uh, both, wow. both of which I saw with you, Josh. Uh, both of which I saw with you. And yeah, absolutely. And they ended up being my, my top two. Um, Those were amazing experiences in the theater and fantastic movies, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Even if uh, Spider-Verse is arguably half a movie, it's it's the, be- the best half a movie I saw this year. Uh, seriously. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I think they did a, a really good job in that film of giving you some sort of conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, the same way that I think that they do in the Back to the Future movies, like there is more to be told, but I feel like, and maybe that's one of the notes that I would give it, is a, I think that they tried so hard to make sure they had an ending so it didn't just feel like a to be continued. Like, and it definitely felt like a, all the main characters got like arcs that ended in satisfying places. That's right. Yes. Part. That's right. And uh, so I do believe that, like, in that way, there was something where I feel like they really tried not to give you half a movie. And that's always so hard because I feel like people, you know, it's like, well, did I see something? But I really do believe they created one film and then the story will continue. But I think the arcs are, like you said, uh, clean. Yeah, and definitely part. just no no prettier movie this year, I think, just in terms uh, of pure eye candy, like every single frame. Is, I bought is that book. I have an art book of just that. And, I, and I feel like, you know, I feel like that's the thing that I love about that film is it's done by a lot of like artists. We were talking about this when we were talking about Edward Scissorhands, like who is a director who's an artist and a director who is considered an artist because they make great film. And I feel that there's a subtle difference there. Like, and I feel like the, the pictures and the way that they are so detailed, like this, the coons dog in the, in the museum in Spider-Man, yeah. like all that kind of stuff, all those little details. And like Gwen's really, world being all watercolors. Yeah. Just so gorgeous. Oh, so, so beautiful. Gorgeous. I mean, yeah. to me, it also is a giant, like, fuck you to Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which I, you know, I like, but it was like, oh, no, 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 this is how you do a multiverse. Like, this is what it looks like. And Before going to see that movie, I was so over multiverse stuff. I felt like yeah. we completely milked it, and then it was like, oh, no, this is like the best version of this concept. Yeah. Right, it's like you have to tell it in a way that actually want, makes us want to explore the multiverses, right? That's right. Yes. And that's what this one did to me. That's right. All right, so now, Jess, I know you already said that Spider-Man was your was your favorite. Yeah. Um, well, do you want to talk a little bit about that, or is there anything else that jumps to your mind as well? Honestly, this year was kind of whack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. None of us year. can agree on whether this was a good year or not. That's All true. Right. That's interesting. I mean, like, uh, like uh, just kind of piggybacking on what Josh said, I was like, I would go and I would watch something, or I'd go with a group of friends and we'd get hyped. Look, guys, look. Hot take. I went to go watch the new The Boy and the Heron like a week ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like, what is going on here? Like, I've, heard this, I've heard this from a lot wow. of people. Mm-hmm. People yeah. were like, this, this seems a lot weirder and more confusing than the typical like Miyazaki film. Yeah. Um, so that, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Did you and your friends come out of it being like, that new Miyazaki was whack? Because I wish I could have been there. That sounds amazing. No, 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 no. I was the only one that came out. First of all, I was the only one that came out being like, this is whack. Everyone else is like, oh, you know, he's just, there's a story there. It's about his past. There's a lot of, you know, they they can find more meaning. I'm just like, look, this feels like improv. They went from one thing to the next thing to the next <laughs> thing to the next thing. Um, I'm not a loyalist, okay, to yeah. Miyazaki. So there's that. Um, yeah, no, I think outside of Spider-Man and maybe like TM and, and T, like everything oh, yeah. else just felt... I don't know. Like, I feel like Mr. Horror Hollywood came in really hot this year, and that was kind of cool. So, like, Evil Dead Rise, maybe? Yeah, Evil Dead Rise was awesome. I loved it. 
Yeah, but outside of that, like, it wasn't hidden this year for me. Did you yeah. see Talk to Me? The one about, like, the creepy hand? Yes, I saw that. Love to Talk to Me. Oof. That was a great horror movie this, this year, yeah, too. It, I really dug that one. Talk to Me, also, yes. That's on the list for this year. That's a good one. I'm, I'm so kind of torn on this year because I think what happened is some films that you wouldn't think would get some attention did because of the way that everything had kind of been dealt. Like, the way that COVID caught up or or you know the movie theaters were in a weird flux so certain things got some more attention other things got some less attention and there's a lot of movies i like the one that i want to like call out because i think it is really fun and different and i've talked about it on the show so i won't go too detailed about it but i really loved dungeons and dragons and i love dungeons and dragons because it's not a franchise or a world that i am all connected to. I don't know that world. I don't go in there knowing like any inside jokes. I just was excited to see an ensemble, big budget comedy. It reminded me of what I love about Ghostbusters. And I think a lot of people are like, we need another Ghostbusters. And I'm one of those people. But you never get a chance to see that. I don't know if we'll get a chance to see it again, but it was really well reviewed. It was really big. It was really fun. And I feel like, you know, we don't often talk about these big movies. Like I want to talk about May, December, until the cows come home. But yeah, I real. also, uh, yeah, I, I also <laughs> want to do that appreciate... literally the next half hour. Just oh, I know. I can't yeah. wait to talk about May, it's, December. It's great. And I, and, I, and I feel like that to me is like, I, I appreciate that. I also just appreciate some cool things that I was surprised at. Like Bottoms really got me in a way. I was like, oh, Bottoms, so fun. More of that. The same way I felt about even Joyride. I was like, oh, this is cool. I haven't seen something like this. Um, there's just these movies, even Dick's the musical, like, and I'm putting oh, them. Dick's was so fun. I'm just kind of putting them all together in this like little bit of a pot because they're not the ones that are the biggest hits. You know, they're not the ones that I think everyone's going to be talking about. But I think that there were some cool things that were just made this year. Like we let to me. And I know I'm talking about Dungeons and Dragons, which is a big movie, but let these like kind of smaller movies pop. Like No Hard Feelings, I thought was very funny too with Jennifer Lawrence. It's like, I just is I'm excited to see movies released that I used to see when I was younger. It's like, oh yeah, you can release a comedy in the theaters. You can release an interesting movie. It doesn't have to be like a giant big story. Like it doesn't have to be part of a universe. It doesn't have to be part of like, so I do I just want to applaud that I feel like there was a lot of fun little nuggets here not perfect movies not the best movies ever but like whoa i had a great time going to the theater and seeing that well, and i'm gonna you know what this and, year kind yeah. of felt to me like on the whole and i hope this analogy makes sense and this isn't too much of like a film critic analogy this year on the whole felt to me the way that the sundance film festival used to feel when it was like really firing up where it was mm. like there were tons of like first time and second time films um, film filmmakers making stuff that I thought was really, really good. And I think their third film, their sec their film after this is going to absolutely explode. You know, it felt like mm -hmm. discovering a lot of people who are like about to majorly pop in talent movies. Love like that. there was right. Yeah. Like the, they cloned Tyrone on Netflix. I don't know. Oh, did y'all yeah. see that one? Yes. Where you're like, oh, this guy's going to do some good shit or like mm -hmm. fair play. Like uh, also another yes. movie that I think was on Netflix. Um, a fantastic sexual thriller that was so just mean and nasty. Like, Alden Ehrenreich is in it, and also this actress, Phoebe Dynavor. She's amazing. And it was like, I just feel this talent kind of bubbling up everywhere. And that's what made me excited about this year. In dream scenario. It's a little bit like the the 
collapse of like the Marvel machine and some of these big franchise finally, it's almost like giving some of these movies like a little bit more air and attention that they would have gotten otherwise. Yeah. 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 There's no money oxygen, but maybe there's a tension. Right. There's no oxygen. money in oxygen, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. I'm going to also just shout out this one other film, which you'll probably all laugh at me that I'm talking about, but... I really like this movie, Missing. Missing is... Uh, oh, a I cool... saw Missing. I reviewed Missing. Oh, did you? Did you yeah. hate it or did you like it? I was mixed, but I want to hear you talk about Missing. There are parts okay. of Missing I thought were really fun. So Missing is a story about this young girl whose um, mother goes missing. Um, and it's all told through her computer screen. So you are following oh, yes. the entire story through IMs and um, WhatsApp and Google Maps. And it was really, I felt incredibly compelling. And here's what I'm going to say. Again, not the best movie of the year, but I was like, wow, what an interesting, cool way to tell the story. It's a, kind of a semi-sequel to the John Cho film that came out a couple of years before. That's where, what I was going to say, because I saw yes. that one. Yeah. And it was done by the same team, uh, oh, but cool. different directors. And so this one was, I I watched a John Cho film right after that. I like Missing more. Um, yeah, because I think that they just figured out a way to make, that. yeah, they just found a way to make it. Look, it is a very run-of-the-mill thriller movie. It's like, it's mystery thriller, like very basic. But I would watch Missing three times over watching that Kenneth Branagh death in Venice. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, at least they're trying for something. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I found myself engaged. I was like, that was pretty good. And and it does have like a solid rating on, you know, it's got like an 88% on Rotten Tomatoes and a a 7.1% on IMDb. There's something also about like this idea to me where it's like, well, this is how people are experiencing things. Second screen. Like, can you make a second screen, movie that is actually compelling <laughs> it's kind of a little subgenre. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's two unfriended and unfriended dark web and host oh yeah all three of those are fantastic yeah. it's all it's not exactly that but uh i, I kind of put skin and Brink in this category of like th- it feels like a movie that could exist except for this like second screen world of like you're like it feels like it's from like the perspective of like a webcam of like a demon or something interesting i don't know i like it i'm like i'm down <laughs> i'm down to try it and i feel like you know what i liked about that movie too uh it wasn't a horror but they made it really exciting. And it, you know, it's like a great, like sometimes, sometimes I just want to watch a Hallmark Christmas movie. And sometimes I want to watch like a really good, like mystery thriller, like just let totally. me get in the thing and I'm, I'm ready to go. I will say this, throwing my hat in the ring again as a spooky girl. Yeah. Um, Thanksgiving 
was so fun in the movie theater. Whoa. Huh. Okay. <laughs> Amy, okay. I know Amy's going to disagree with you here. I know. I know. It was <laughs> I'll, between I'll agree the... that it was fun in the theater. How's that? I'll agree there that it, it was fun in the I, theater. That's a lovely compromise. <laughs> I said what I said. It was fun in the theater. <laughs> um, but if we're just going back to just like plain, different delivery, having fun. Fun, just having fun, mm-hmm. making something. It doesn't have to. Who right. cares if it's Patrick Dempsey? Who cares? Like, it was just a good time. Me and my boyfriend went in. We walked out. And we're like, all right, that was fun. Let's go get dinner. And it, it <laughs> was just cool. fun. Yeah, like that's yeah. It. <laughs> I mean, if we're like celebrating the stuff that is not going to get Oscar noms, which I kind of feel like we're doing, which is <laughs> the lane I love. There's like two things I really also just have to shout out then that are just fun. The first one is theater camp. Did you see theater camp? Oh, yeah. Oh, it was just this great comedy about just theater camp geeks. Just like the absolute geek of the geeks taking theater camp so seriously, singing little songs. It starred that guy. Oh, no. From the movie with about the guy who pretends that he broke his arm or died or something. Oh, yes. Dear Evan Hansen. Dear Evan Hansen. Sorry. Completely blanked on that. Shout out to my best friend, Eva, who was like a pitch perfect Dear Evan Hansen for Halloween one year. Oh, yes. I remember those pictures. Terrifyingly good. (laughs) So good. Terrifyingly good. He's in this, and I didn't know that I thought he was hilarious, and now I'm, like, completely on board. Uh I think he's so, 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 so funny in this. And then there's this movie, Biosphere. This is, like, another debut Oh, this is the, um, is this the Mark Duplass movie? Yeah, it's just, it's, like, a two-character thing. It's Mark Duplass and Sterling K. Brown. Sterling K. Brown, one of our greatest actors working today. And they just play two guys in a biosphere at the end of the world. One of them is the former president of America. The other one is, like, his advisor and best friend. And when I tell you that this movie goes places you are not expecting, holy shit. This is just a movie that I was like watching with my jaw open. Don't want to say anything about it. But I want to watch it so bad. Sterling K. Brown does stuff in this that you're just like, you wow. This is he invents emotions on screen that have never been had to be portrayed by anybody before. That's what I'll say. Oh, yeah. That is quite a sales pitch, Amy. (laughs) I and I've heard a lot of people talk about it in a very positive way. So wait, wait, wait. I have my one 2023 that I want to shout out, and I'm I'm fascinated that no one has said it. I'm so happy. I I don't know why I even worried. I was like, what if someone takes mine? No one's ever gonna take mine. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm so weird. Anyway, the movie I Maybe wouldn't say it was my favorite film of the year, but a movie I cannot stop thinking about is Polite Society. <gasps> I was just about to say that. Oh my God, I'm so glad you said it. Yes. I was just sitting here being like, wait, why didn't I say Polite Society? Why didn't I say Polite <laughs> Exactly. Polite Go Society, on. directed by Nita Mansour. Uh, that movie blew my mind. It was so fun. It was so funny. I, I don't even know quite how to describe it other than to say it's, you know, it's a little bit Scott Pilgrim and it's a little bit kind of, uh, I don't even know what. It's It's like... It's it's a there's there's romance to it. There's action. There's adventure. There's like there's uh, the best uh, like wow. kind of martial arts stuff I've seen outside of like a Sammo Hung movie in there where I'm just like this is hitting every single level that I want a movie to hit. I didn't and, even hear it, about this movie. Entertain me top to bottom. Fantastic movie. Like couldn't recommend it enough. I All am right, with well. you. It is fantastic. And, and if you watch Polite Society, you're like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. You have to watch Nita Manzor's TV show. I think you can stream it. I was like Hulu or Peacock or something like that. Yes. It's, it's on Max. We are Lady Max. Parts. We are Lady Parts. Oh, it's about I like a girl that. punk band. She, oh. she, she was the writer director of that show. And this is her first feature. So it's I am I'm all in. She directed a couple great episodes of Doctor Who as well. You know, I'm a huge Doctor Who fan. So I've been kind of like aware of her for a minute. And so when this came out, I was like, well, I got to go see this. And blew my mind. Fantastic. And can I shout out another person who I I feel weird being like, this is an underdog up and coming young actor. 
because she's like Bono's daughter, which I didn't realize when I saw this movie for the first oh. time. Um, but there's a movie out called Flora and Son. It's the new like it's the new oh, Carney yes. film. You know who mm-hmm. does all of the musicals? Mm-hmm. And it's um, she plays this kind of like rough and tumble single mom who you know starts taking guitar lessons just because, just because. You know, and it's kind of just about the creation of music. Like, she's not a person that you're like, oh, she's definitely going to become a pop star. But she is just so raw and so funny and really raunchy and really surprising. And I watched this whole movie and I was like, I need to, everybody to know about this actress. Oh my God, what a young talent. And then you're like a little bit bummed that she's the daughter of the most famous musician in the world. But like, my God, she definitely stands on her own feet in a way where like when I had to write about this movie, I didn't even mention who her dad was because I was like, people just need to put some respect on her name as is. She's phenomenal. Well, I love this. And I feel like we're amazing people. We love great movies, but we have some friends who decided to call in. We asked them to call in to give us what they thought. And now we will critique their picks without them being here. The best way to do it. So let's let's see what we got here. So, And some of these picks are uh, probably movies you've talked about a little bit already, and some are completely not. Hi, Paul and Amy. I'm Nicole Byer from the show Best Friends. And my favorite film of 2023 was, it was my absolute favorite. It was Fast X. Why did I love it? Because it was a continuation of a magical franchise that has defied the laws of physics and storytelling. (laughs) Uh, A standout performance or scene, Jason Momoa. The whole movie was incredible. A man with nail polish, muscles, and gauchos? (laughs) Sign me the fuck up. Also, there's this (laughs) wonderful scene in the movie where he's talking to people who may or may not be alive, and I said, tee hee hee. And that's the, the aspect of the movie that I can't stop thinking about. It was so good. And also, Vin Diesel uses his car as a weapon in this movie. And it's just incredible. Also, it ties back to another movie in the franchise, which is arguably one of the best ones. And I thought that was such a smart move. Who would I recommend this movie to? Anybody who likes fun (laughs) and not losers. I would never recommend that movie to a loser. (laughs) By the way, thank you, Nicole. And she's a hundred percent right. This is a movie that made me stand up in the theater. It made June stand up in the theater. Like, it, this is a movie that demanded attention. In a year where franchises failed, this movie did not. I mean, and and the fact that no one's talking about Jason Momoa for Best Supporting Actor is mind-boggling. What he's doing there is some <laughs> brilliant work. Um, I love that franchise. It, you, you know, I, I've spent many a hour talking about Fast <laughs> and Furious, so you don't have to hear me talk about it here, but I will say this. They did not let me down, and I'm sorry that I did forget about it, but I'm glad to remember how great it actually is. I will say one of my favorite quotes from that movie is when Charlize Theron and, um, what's her name, Michelle Rodriguez are about to fight. Yeah. And Michelle Rodriguez looks at Charlize Theron and goes, game, recognize game. And I was like, it's about to go down. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, talk about a cliffhanger. I mean, you know, we talk about Spider-Verse. I mean, that movie, that movie literally ends on a giant cliffhanger. And based on the budget and the amount of money it made, we may never see the end of that cliffhanger. <laughs> um, this movie did not do as well as people thought it was going to do. No. Um, 
So we may be seeing a much more pared down fast. There really were a string of those, weren't there this year? Yeah. Like, I mean, not, not to get into whatever, but like I, Dial of Destiny, like insane. Mm-hmm. The, like, mm-hmm. Paul, you, I mean, all of us, you know, us of a similar age, right? In a similar yeah. range. It's like uh, the idea that an Indiana Jones movie would tank is just like, it doesn't compute. It's so strange. I mean, it, it's so bizarre. And I would also argue that Mission Impossible kind yeah. of tanked. And that's a, franch- a franchise that I love. And, uh, but I also think it suffered from two things. One, which was like up against the juggernaut that no one knew was going to be such a juggernaut, Barbie and Oppenheimer. Right. But should have been an beyond- August release. They should have just pushed it a Christmas, couple months. Christmas, Christmas yeah, release. Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but also it has the, uh, the cliffhanger ending. We're talking about a lot right. of movies that end on this, like it's already a three hour movie. And you're I and, and I and I'm not leaving fulfilled. And I think it's hard to talk about a movie like that and feel like, oh, I loved it because you are somehow leaving something on the table. I think on on some level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, say what you will about Bar- Barbie and Oppenheimer. Those are movies that end. They, they end sure with a bang. They definitely yeah. end. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I thought Oppenheimer had a sequel coming. What? Uh, <laughs> it's called The Life That War We're Living happens. In. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I will exactly. say that I was watching Oppenheimer. And I saw it much later than everybody else. And um, I was just loving it. And it occurred to me, like, I was like, oh, I haven't even gotten to the one thing about this movie that I know, which is the atom bomb. Right. Like, it, it, there, like that doesn't happen until... Over two hours it's into two the, hours in, two hours yeah. five, something like that. Yeah. And I, I found that to be really interesting that, that movie could carry you there. So I found that to be really, really uh fantastic. I can't believe this conversation started with Fast X and wound up at Oppenheimer. I, I what? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh go to our next clip. Hi, Paul and Amy. I'm Sashir Zameda from Best Friends with Nicole Byer and Sashir Zameda. And my favorite film of 2023 is Quiz Lady. I really loved it. I thought it was very funny. I thought it was very sweet. I thought Aquafina and Sandra Oh both did an incredible job in their performance. And I honestly was surprised by how many tearjerker moments in there. There was a moment where Will Ferrell was in there talking about bow ties and I got real teary-eyed. It was embarrassing, but also very sweet. And I would recommend this movie to anyone with mom issues. I did not see Quiz Lady, and I've heard so many great things. It's written by my friend Jen D'Angelo, who is an amazingly brilliant writer. Did anyone else get to check it out? No, I'm no. just I'm putting it on my list absolutely right now because that's a great recommendation. Yeah, I'm yeah. adding it to my watch list right now. I have the mom issues, so I will be watching. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. right up my alley. <laughs> I can't say that or deny it because I think my mom might listen to this podcast sometimes. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hi, mom. Uh, Amy, I think you're going to appreciate this next endorsement. Hi, Paul and Amy. It's Mono from Too Spooky Too Handle, a subsidiary of Earwolf Presents. I gotta tell you, my favorite film of 2023 was Dick's the Musical. Hands down, no contest, best movie ever made. It's uh, the return of grand high stupidity. Uh, the the performance, every single performance turned in is a comedy revelation. Most notably, whoa, is the Sewer Boys. Sewer Boys are new uh, queer canon. Uh, thank God we have them. We need them, and they—they're the thirst traps we deserve. Um, I, wh- where do where do I want to start? 
uh, I don't want to give too much away, but I'll just say the moment that sticks out to me is Flying Vulva. Everyone should watch this except people who are scare, scared to have their brains challenged. Uh, there, there might be some things you don't want to watch with your family. So if you like to laugh, if you think absurdity is hot, go watch Dick's the Musical. Okay, bye. <laughs> wow. I am not going to lie. Uh, Dix the Musical was my number one vote this year for LAFCA for music and score. This is probably why I'll wind up getting kicked out someday. But I have <laughs> never, ever, ever appreciated a lyrical turn as much as I have appreciated the ones in Dick the Musical. My God, it is masterful. Well, you know, this is a, a movie that was based on a show that started at UCB. It's directed by Larry Charles, who I think has a history of making very in-your-face films. You know, whether it's like... Uh, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen or Bill Maher, like he's not afraid of going there. And this movie is so wonderful and absurd. And it feels to me, and I don't want to be um, putting it in a corner, but it feels to me like the energy of a Tim and Eric or Eric Andre show, very like adult swim, kind of funny, big, weird. And I just feel like we don't get that kind of stuff anymore. I like mm -hmm. a big, giant, absurd film. like, And that's A24. And I love that they do that. That's kind of what I felt about Bottoms. The thing I liked so much about it is that Bottoms was really funny, but it had that like undercurrent of surrealism. Like things weren't quite real in Bottoms. Like they've got that that little bit where the uh, the uh, football player is like in a cage in the background <laughs> yes. of the scenes. And I just thought that's such a funny, they don't call any attention to it. It's just, we have to keep the linebackers in a cage in the high school. I just loved little elements like that throughout Bottoms. It's so good. No, as a football player in Bottoms, uh, Nicholas Galantine, I just have to shout out this guy because he was in one of my other favorite guilty pleasure movies this year, Red, White, and Royal Blue. Did you guys oh. see Red, White, and Royal Blue? It's like a romance between like the son of the president oh, yes. and the yes. son of the British prime minister. Right. He's the son of the British prime minister. And like, it, I mean, talk about a thirst trap. That's like the thirstiest of all thirst traps I've ever seen is like these two guys just being like, hello, let's solve international relations together. <laughs> um, but Love like, it. he's so funny. He's an actor that was like not on my radar at all until this year. And I'm like, yes, 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 yes. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Save big money on everything. Now at Menards. Make quick work of your outdoor cleaning project with Master Force Outdoor and Landscaping Tools. The 80-volt cordless trimmer is powerful, efficient, and hassle-free. So you spend less time working on your yard and more time enjoying the results. On sale now through May 19th. Check out our wide selection of Master Force tools and see the rest of our deals on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. All right, let's go to our next clip. Hi, Paul. Hi, Amy. This is Oscar Montoya from the Try Gaze podcast. And listen, 2023 was a year for movies. And at the top of my list for this year is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. It is so awesome. It's so cool. I love that actual teenagers voice the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for the first time maybe ever. Iconic. Also, I love how each person was animated, each human, to look kind of like ugly in a weird way but very very cool i also loved michelangelo's whole storyline of wanting to be in an improv team relatable 
achievable baby Michelangelo I'm rooting for you yes and all the way to the top so yeah that was my pick for the best movie of the year bye I got to watch this movie finally like two weeks ago really 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 fun um incredible animation and also like I cannot like you mentioned I cannot believe it took this long to actually have teenagers voice the roles it changes the tone of it so drastically you realize going back to these like all the old ones it's like oh these these are just full-grown men the teenage doesn't like factor into it at all and finally, it's something that focuses on the teen aspect of it. And it, it just, it, it, it really clicked for me. It really clicked for me too. And they are, I mean, absolutely some of the coolest animation. Like it's just having fun with what animation is. I'm so glad that I feel like we're finally, probably thanks to Spider-Verse, breaking away from like, oh, let's show every single lock of hair. And oh, this is the best thing an animation can do is just duplicate reality, blah, 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 yes. blah, blah. Like it is fun and wild and expressive. It, it, it gets things out of you that like normal images can't do. Well, I, I, I kind of look at Turtles as like a companion piece to Spider-Verse, which is like, and that goes to like Mitchell's and the Machine. Like there is a new kind of style coming out that's so much more dynamic. And I think in a weird way, you can see that the reaction to a movie like Wish is, oh, it feels a little bit of the past. And and I and I think like animation's moving in a really cool direction right now. And it's feeling... I think more alive than ever. And it's really cool to see. And I have nothing negative to say about Wish more than it's just, there's like a real dividing line. It used to be like, well, Pixar and animation. And now it's now it's this other thing, which it, it feels to me way more alive. I can't wait to see what we get uh, from this. They're like drawing out of the lines, like yeah. physically. And it's amazing. It's so cool. Yeah. yeah. You're right. And drawing out of lines is like the perfect metaphor. Like they're, mm-hmm. I feel like, Pixar really wound up putting itself in its own little box. Like these are the four emotions you're supposed to feel in a Pixar movie. And like animation is breaking out. I mean, it feels like the DNA of Looney Tunes is like in the new cartoons, right? Or something like that. Like a yeah. wilder, crazier uh-huh. type of animation. More anarchic. Yeah, exactly. Willing to be a little stretchy. Yeah. And speaking of that, you know, Amy and I got a chance to see uh uh, Coyote versus Acme or Acme versus Coyote. I, I, I forget which, which order it is. Oh, boy. And, and it is great. And it's so fun and alive. And it feels to me like the first like true Looney Tunes movie. Like, And I say that in the sense that Looney Tunes has such a specific style. And, you know, I don't think uh, Space Jam 1 or 2 or Looney Tunes back in action have ever captured what that style is. They definitely haven't. And this movie definitely captures that style. It's fun. It's weird. It's a Roger Rabbit movie that hopefully people will get to see. From apparently um, a Deadline article, which I'm told is 90% true, that movie is going to be coming out soon. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. good. And I know we're not going to turn this into the May-December podcast because we're going to hold off. But how wild that Sammy Birch, her first produced screenplay is May, De- is May December. Her second is going to be Coyote Acme. That Unreal. is a range. She is like really instantly so cool. at the top of like my screenwriters. I'll see whatever they do. Same. I'm all on board with that. All right. Next clip. Hi, Paul and Amy. This is Kimia Bepornia. And I'm excited to announce that my favorite movie of the year was Polite Society. 
Yeah, Polite Society. Hey. I think it came out at the beginning of the year. I just loved it so much because I grew up watching these, like, kung fu movies with Jackie Chan or, like, all the James Bond movies. I watched those with my dad. And this movie had amazing fun fight scenes, but in the campy way where, like, everyone will fight and destroy a whole set. And then two scenes later, everything is cleaned up and the fight didn't matter. It was stylistically super awesome. And it was amazing to see, like, a movie um, with that kind of fighting and choreo and stuff starring um women you know it's just a raucous good time also i laughed from the beginning to the end um it's that kind of silly stupid humor but it had a lot of heart so i honestly think that everyone should watch polite society i think who would i recommend it to it really does feel like it's a movie for all so i recommend to all I like it to all. To all. I couldn't have said it any better. In fact, I failed to say it better myself earlier. That's exactly <laughs> it. There it is. I love that. All right. Well, now I'm really, I mean, I'm all in on this movie. I cannot wait. Me too. This has been on my list and I haven't gotten a chance to see it yet. So it's, it's moving towards the top of my list. Amazon Prime for free. There it is. Hey. That's wow. right. Okay. All right. Hey, Paul and Amy, this is Chelsea Devantes from the Glamorous Trash Podcast, where we recap and book club celebrity memoirs. And one of my favorite films from 2023 was the film Blackberry, directed by Matthew Johnson. And I have to tell you, I am shook that this was one of my favorite films. I can't believe I felt this way. I, I didn't even really know it was the story of Blackberry going into it because I thought to myself, they wouldn't make a whole film just about the BlackBerry phone, and they did. And one of the reasons I love it is because it really showcased great storytelling and great comedy and how far that can go. And it's a low budget. The film was made for about under $5 million. The director is Matthew Johnson. He's also in the film and he's really funny in it. The performances are so grounded and it made me hope that studios and financiers going forward can see that like when you have great storytelling, when you have really grounded comedy, uh, you don't need this big blowout production to make a phenomenal film. And I think a story like Blackberry would be classically shot as like this big, I don't know, this, this big Wolf of Wall Street, like the tale of Blackberry. And I think a lot of films have really gone wrong. I won't name names, but a lot of big brands when they do sort of the big story of this film, you know what? I'll, fuck it. I'll say one. Tetris. You know, that, that really could have been a great story. And it just gets blown up into this giant action movie and they lose the story. And so I loved that it was low budget. It doesn't feel like it at all. It's shot beautifully. And I think it made people it made them focus on the storytelling. And now I'm really hopeful going forward to next year and the years after that, that we can have some more films like Blackberry that also have some women in it. You know, just a woman character or two. It's all I'm asking. I would recommend this movie to literally everyone. It's such a surprise. And also the story of Blackberry, shockingly interesting. Okay, so this is interesting because I've heard so many people talk about this film. I have not seen it. But the one thing that people come away from this film talking about is Glenn Howerton. People yeah, love- Glenn Howerton. Yeah, Glenn Howerton. He yeah. got some love in our Laugh Good Vote for supporting for sure. I uh, I did get to see this one. I it's it's for sure. I I well, I didn't see all of them. I think it's definitely the best of kind of the crop that showed up this year of like movies about products. Why were there so many uh, of them? We've had movies there about was games. So many, there was air because and Tetris capitalists and, yeah. are heroes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Candy but cane this is lane. The, this is the one, that, right? Yeah. This one felt like it, it felt like it felt like the best way in. Air, air was another one I saw that it was like this. Kind of just feels like you're reading from like the Wikipedia page about Air Jordans mm. to me. Yeah, yeah. The only good part about Air was like when they showed. I think it was like a payphone in the movie. The guy next to me like leaned over to his friend was like, "That's a payphone." Like, What's happening? <laughs> and then they showed the shoe, and he like exhaled like he had just seen the Mona Lisa. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, but no, Glenn Howerton in this, he's so fun. He's like the embodiment of just like balding rage, right? <laughs> just like screaming, yelling, wandering into things, being like the most intimidating man on earth. It's just a fantastic performance for him. Well, I'm excited. Again, these are again, these are movies that they're all were these little smaller films that got a little burst. And this is the problem with streaming, I think, too, is like you get about a week to watch it. And then if you don't, there's another one that replaces it. And then you, you just keep on moving on. And this is a good reminder to kind of check these out as, as, as we get into a season where every week now we're going to be talking about a brand new movie until Oscars. Yeah. It's true. Wait, I want to do an informal poll at this Christmas party of ours. Who else here had a Blackberry? Oh, I did. I did. I never had a Blackberry. Flip phone. Oh. My no sister key. had one and I was jealous. And, uh, but no, I went, I just went straight to iPhone. Guys, I had a sidekick. Ooh. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> We're all impressed. <laughs> I also had a sidekick, and uh, a majority of my beginning romantic relationship with my wife was done on my sidekick because I had more text messages I could send on that, and it was way easier to type longer messages. Because I was work- I was rocking a Aww. T9 world, yeah. You wooed her on sidekick? Oh, t- God, I was so good at T9. I miss it. I was so... Fast I know, T9. <laughs> Hi, Paul and Amy. It's Lisa Gilroy, uh, your friend, your fan. 2023, what a year. I have to do my due dilly right off the bat and say Barbie movie was my favorite movie. But my favorite holiday movie was The Holdovers. Who? Paul Giamatti is so good in this movie. He plays like crusty old, dusty old, curmudgeon lazy-eyed, teenage-hating ninja turtle. No, not a ninja turtle, but teenage-hating uh, <laughs> professor at this boarding school. And he has to supervise the kids that aren't going home for Christmas. And of course, his heart's going to melt a little bit throughout the course of the film, okay? The Christmas spirit gets a hold of this grumpy guy. And it's the sweetest, coziest movie I've seen in a long time. It's shot on film. It's set in the 70s. Everybody's wearing chunky knit turtlenecks. The music is so good. It's so snowy. It's just, oh, it's it's a gorgeous movie. Couldn't recommend it more. Family-friendly cozier than slurping down a bucket of hot chalk okay you're gonna love it <laughs> i mean she is not wrong i wanted to move into this movie i mean because yes i am obsessed and i only wear 1970s polyester pants that i get on ebay that's part of my like sickness so i definitely wanted to move into this movie and steal everybody's closets rifle through all of their clothes steal all the socks it's just people sitting around smoking indoors on terrible couches and drinking bourbon and yelling at children I mean, that's perfect. That's my heaven. <laughs> it kind of is your heaven, isn't it? Wow. <laughs> oh, I think you'll love this. And Divine Joy Randolph, she's one of my like absolute favorite actors right now. She did get our supporting uh, performance award for this. She's fantastic in it. She has a really great, big, pivotal part in this movie. Well, I can't wait. Again, wow, I feel really, uh, I feel like I didn't see anything. I mean, I'm watching so many movies for this show. Uh, <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, what else do we got? Hi, Paul and Amy. I'm Roman Mars, host of the podcast 99% Invisible. And my favorite film of 2023 was Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. There we go. I went to the theater that night in a very bad mood, and it totally turned me around. The sheer artistry on display, 
in every frame, every second on the screen was almost overwhelming. And I just loved looking at it. I've never watched a lot of animated movies when I was a kid. And because of that, I'm I'm never really emotionally connected to them for some reason. I, there's just kind of a barrier there. I, I'm broken in some way, but I can't explain. <laughs> but but Spider-Man was so masterful that it just overcame all of that. It had great acting, exciting story. I was just in it from beginning to end. And I was just buzzing when I left the theater. It was so good. I want to talk to you about that because, you know, we talked about Spider-Man a little bit. But this idea, too, that, like, it's animation for people who don't like animation is something that I've heard from a lot of people. Interesting. And and I, and I wonder if, that, like, that's helping people bring – go back to the theater. I don't know. It's, like, like it's acceptable animation. I, I want to just throw that out to the group because obviously we know it's we so like it. It's so weird because it, it is that, but it's also animation for animation nerds. Right. Like, I was going to say. The amount of people I saw talking afterwards about, like, did you see how they changed the frame rate on this character and how it was different than this character? Yeah. And look at the, like, the different like layers and stuff. Like People who are really, really hardcore in animation were also really getting into this. Yeah. yeah it feels almost like it, like it's an advanced animation fans would get the most out of it, but maybe it just is truly just sh- sheer beauty. I mean, it's so gorgeous to look at that like even if you're like oh i'm not really into superheroes i'm not really into animation i think you still might like the spider-verse movies they're really good the characters are so strong and pull you through anything and then there's all this beauty happening around it too I, I, they're magnificent movies yeah i mean really it feels are. like the venn diagram is it's like animation for the beauty of animation mm-hmm. you know mm, like it doesn't yeah. have that that pixely feel. It doesn't have that, like, we just had to get this done and make it look good. It's like, we're having fun making this and like experimenting. Well, I also Mm -hmm. would argue too, it's like, there's something about this animation that feels like a labor of love. And I feel like regardless of how it's made, and I don't agree with this, I'm I'm just saying, but I think that there's an element of like Pixar, they can just make their movies. uh, Disney can just make their movies. uh, And there's sometimes this feeling like, for lack of a better term, it's like a cookie cutter mentality. Like, oh, there's nothing special about this. So you've seen one Pixar movie and I I love Pixar and I think Soul is one of the best movies that they've done and I really love yeah. Luca and I feel like Turning Red was fantastic. I'm just saying that like, whatever. But I think that there's like, we become immune to them. It's like, I've seen it, I've seen it. But then when you pop in something like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and you voice those characters differently, it looks differently. You make it funnier. Spider-Man, it's like, oh, it just captures your attention. Because I don't think it's like, it's not bringing the superhero audience. I would argue that that's the superhero movie that worked. That and Guardians of the Galaxy 3. But Yeah, I was going to say, Guardians 3 worked too. Yeah, and that was really great too. But also very different than what we've been seeing in superhero movies. Yeah, even different to the first two. Like yeah. I I, yeah. I was saying to someone right after watching 3 that it's like Guardians 3 that it's like uh, it's like the emo Guardians movie. Yeah. And like <laughs> and they kind of announced that from the get-go by having the like acoustic B-side version of Radiohead's Creep, not the album yeah. version. It's like the acoustic <laughs> B-side how they start that movie and you're like I understand kind of where I'm at with the tone of this. It was, and yet it was still so funny and still like a, a really good action story and uh, heartbreaking all the stuff with Rocket like just it's mm-hmm. so hard to look at that stuff if you yeah. care about animals you know I mean that was yeah. a good movie that was, that one and worked. it ended which is nice and too it ended. right yes. it ended it sure or did, did it uh, or did it I'd no. like to argue Ooh. <laughs> I'd like to get in here and argue no they actually were so careful to introduce us to all these side characters yeah. and give them so much life and, and love um, the dog hello yeah. um, and then at the end like they could potentially be the new Guardians of the Galaxy and I walked away being like 
I would be okay with these new people. All right. Sure. Or like, or you don't have to watch another one. And you'd be like, I had my three with this crew. Like, either way it works. Right. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I throw out my tiny, like, uh, anti-Chris Pratt grenade, which is just, like, the less of him that there was in this movie, the better. I feel like this movie was like, we can just pull his character back a little bit. Let's be a little bit more, more Drax heavy. And right. it works. It was perfect. Yeah, well, that like, way. that's the calibration I like. Mm-hmm. It was great. First yeah. of all, I want to say two things. One, which is, I love the holiday special. If you've not seen the holiday special, add it to your list of holiday films. It's worth it. Uh, it's really fun. And you want to talk about Drax heavy? It's very Drax heavy. It's uh, and it's fantastic. I think that what I found really interesting about that movie, as a third film, was well, we like these characters, so we can like go there with them. Like, and I feel like not a lot of movies do that. Like they allowed us to not have like one final, it is a final adventure. It has all the elements, but like the characters are somewhat grounded. They are grieving. There are these weird things. And I found that to be actually a really beautiful way to do a third film. I think that people like try to get out on a third film in this way. That's like the last ride or something like that. Yeah. Where I feel, and I feel like, look, the Indiana Jones movie, I have a lot to say about that film as well. <laughs> uh, and I'm mixed on it. I am mixed on it. Like, I, I have to watch it again, and I haven't watched it again. So that also makes me think I don't know what I want to say exactly. But I like that the film tried to be different. I also felt like I missed the things that I wanted to see. From It's like, it's weird. Yeah. It's like, how do you calibrate those two things um, the right way? And I think that maybe the bigger ensemble allowed Guardians to feel like a Guardians movie, but actually feel more weighted. And and I don't know. I, I it, it made for a more fulfilling conclusion, regardless of whether or not we ever see these characters again. Yeah. All right. We only have two more clips uh, from a pair of friends who have been on the show this year. So let's listen to them. Hi, Paul and Amy. I'm Drew Taylor from Light the Fuse, the official yes. Mission Impossible podcast. And my favorite film of 2023 was The Zone of Interest by Jonathan Glazer. I love this movie because it is absolutely haunting and affecting. I haven't stopped thinking about it, and I saw it several months ago. I'm not sure it's the kind of movie I would recommend to anyone because it is just so disturbing. But technically, it's absolutely mind-blowing. And emotionally, you know, there's nothing that quite moved me or affected me quite as much If you want to see it, it's about the commandant of the Auschwitz concentration camp, Rudolf Haas, who is played by Christian Friedel, and his family, led by his wife, Sandra Huller, who live next door to the camp. And it is absolutely disturbing, profound, unforgettable, and essential. Wow. Another great selling point of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Saying I'm not going to recommend it, but I will, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think he already got his coconut Christmas cake from Tom He did. I saw it last night. Mission I Impossible. I saw it. Right. I saw it. Look, it would be ridiculous <laughs> for him to say Mission Impossible. I, I, you know, I would argue that I think that Mission Impossible, uh, the new one, will get uh, a different shake once we see both halves of it. Uh, you know, It'll get I, reappraised after you yes. know what the second part is for sure. Yeah. Even though I don't think they're, even though I don't think they're calling it Dead Reckoning two anymore. They're, they're I'm sure they're not. Some new subtitle. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. they are. Yeah. But do you know what? Maybe losing out on Drew's love this year is just what Tom Cruise needs to go back to trying to get an Oscar. That's what I oh, want I, for this man. I love so, it. So Drew has risked his cake for 2024 for everybody's benefit. Well, there you go. Drew's a hero. Well, uh, 
Charles also is not recommending Mission Impossible, but <gasps> it, let's let's end by throwing a little love towards two more movies that we've already given some love to. Hey, Paul and Amy, happy holidays. This is Charles Hood from Light the Fuse, the official Mission Impossible podcast. And it was such a great year for movies. I want to quickly shout out two. One is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, which is hilarious and gorgeously animated. It's got a fabulous score by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. This movie reignited my childhood love of the Ninja Turtles, and uh, my kids are obsessed with it now, too, which is so fun. My other favorite is The Holdovers, which will undoubtedly be in my Christmas movie rotation every year from now on. I always love how Alexander Payne just puts his lead characters through the ringer. Matthew Broderick has the bee sting and election. Jack Nicholson throws out his back and about Schmidt. Thomas Hayden Church gets clocked in the face with a motorcycle helmet and sideways. He puts his characters through hell with this kind of Blake Edwardsian physical comedy that I love so much. In this one, the main kid horses around on some gymnastics equipment and dislocates his arm. It looks horribly painful, but it all plays for big laughs and it works so well. The movie's also incredibly touching. It's a new Christmas classic. Aww. That's a strong That's a, recommendation. Yeah. That is. And you know what? Like now that we've listened to like our buddies come out with their recommendations, one thing that really strikes me is for the most part, this is a pretty diverse batch of lists, which I think team people in this podcast who said this was a good year for movies, yes. I think that means we win. I think we do. I think so. Y'all didn't know we were in a competition, but we just won. Sorry. (laughs) We just found out we're in a competition. (laughs) (laughs) I think that there aren't necessarily like the big obvious movies to congregate around like there might be in some years, Mm -hmm. but I think just when you look at like the year as a whole, it's like there's a a lot of good stuff. Especially in horror. Yeah. There was Infinity Pool also. uh, We talked Mm -hmm. about Talk to Me. There was a couple. What was the... um, no One Will Save You, is that what it was called? Yes. Oh, yeah, I saw that. That was really good. It was really good. There, there was a bunch of really good, small, great idea horror movies made for not a ton of money, and I, that's my that's my world. That's my favorite kind of movie, so I was very pleased with that. So I can't think badly of 2023. It provided a lot of a lot of those for me. No, I was going to say, yeah, it's just, I, I don't think it was a lot, and that's why these are like diamonds in the rough. Yeah. Like, that's why all of the ones that we've mentioned shine so bright. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even say knock at the cabin. I kind of oh, loved I like knock at the, the cabin. cabin. I did too. I loved it. <laughs> I, I'm I'm into M Knight's current like whatever this act he's in in his career. I, I'm, I'm I agree here for it. Yeah, yeah. I appreciated how cold that movie got. I was like, good job. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cold blooded. <laughs> it's, it's a real. I thought that was a 2022. I think it was, was this February. Year? That's how many think, good yeah. movies no, have come February. out this year, oh, wow. man. Oh, it's like we yeah. can't even hold them into our head, Jess. Mm. Well, here, I can't. I can't. This is what I'll <laughs> say, too, about this. Is like I think this might be our future. You know, if you've been watching anything, you know, in entertainment news, there has been this um, rash of TV cancellations. Like, every show seems to be getting canceled or on their final season. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, that's due to the strike. Which I agree, there you guys make up money and there's going to be reasons and people's paychecks are high. But I also think that we've reached a breaking point here in like in this system that we've created. Uh, we've outgrown it. Like there's not enough people to watch stuff, which I don't think is, I know a lot of people are like, oh, this is bad news. Our industry is dying. And I really believe it to be a different thing. I think our industry is dying for big, giant films. I think that there's going to be a lot more fun interesting smaller films back to like when I was a kid growing up a lot of 15 million dollar movies you know a lot of like that was a Seth Rogen Evan Goldberg like kind of uh model when they made all those movies it's like you don't have to make a 
$150 million movie. It's not going to make its money back. It's not, you know, like, let's right. like, and look, there's no more DVDs. So it's going to be streaming. So it's like, well, what can we do? Well, let's make more interesting stuff that's more niche that we can do. And what we've just talked about here is a, a collection of niche movies. And I think for every holdovers, there's also a plane. And I'm down with plane, by the way. I love plane. <laughs> you weren't going to let write. us get through this year <laughs> without right. talking about plane. I, did. I, I did. knew it. I was holding I my breath. <laughs> I can't not like plane. But you know what we didn't mention, though, too, is interesting. Uh, and I just want to bring it up was John Wick 3. Four. Uh, four. 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 I almost brought it up. Okay. And I specifically the moment when he just those stairs. The man. stairs. The stair that, master scene. That, that scene. It's all about the stairs. Moment. That, that scene. <sighs> the best stunt I've ever seen in that. It's incredible stuff. Yeah. Really truly amazing. Now let me ask Jess though the ending the ending police did that movie end? Did that movie officially end the franchise? No. Yeah. It doesn't end. It doesn't no. end by, but, I, but it ended enough. It, it ended did, enough. but did it? Right, right, right. <laughs> exactly. Now, look, we didn't talk about John Wick Chapter 4 uh, on Spooled this year, but we did talk about the original John Wick. And mm. maybe that's the reason to start talking about some of the movies we've talked about this year yes. as, we, as we start to wrap up that this That was up. a right. smooth transition. Now I'm on my ninth glass of champagne, and you're over here coming up with smooth <laughs> transitions. Amy, this has been such a blast. I love just talking about movies. The movies that don't have to make that much of a difference. Just movies that we love. And I had a blast. I know that you are drunk on champagne. I'm here drinking Woo-hoo. Martinelli's because I got to drive <laughs> after this. Um, but you know what? We're not done. Because now we must get to business and decide which film from season four is worthy of getting on our list for space, right? No more fun. No more just we like it because it's funny and good. No, no, no. Now we are talking about doing the job of this show. But we're going to save that for next week. You got to listen next week. But I want you to think about all the movies that we've done in the last year and think about what you would put on the list. It's a great list of films. But next week, we're going to put them all head to head and see what survives. It's going to be a battle royale a.k.a. The Hunger Games, for 2023's Unspooled. A big thank you to our producer, Josh Richmond, our associate producer, Jessica Cisneros, our engineer, Casey Holford, and our executive producers, Cody Fisher and Amelia Chapelo, and our MVP, Molly Reynolds. Our theme song is by Michael Cassidy, and our fan art is by Kim Troxell. Follow Unspooled on Twitter and Instagram, and join in the conversation about all things Unspooled on the Paul Shear Discord at discord.gg slash paulshear. Unspooled t-shirts are available at tpublic.com slash unspooled, and you can get a deck of Unspooled playing cards and more merch at podswag.com. Finally, See the official API list of Unspooled Films and more about the show at unspooledpod.com. Unspooled.